Nibbling on sponge cake. Watching the sun bake. All of those tourists covered with oil. Strumming my six train. On my front porch swing. Smell those shrimp they began at the bar. Hello and welcome to episode number 120 of Bill Man, the Sport Guys podcast. I am your host, Bill Man. Jo- All right, so I had this guy on my podcast last time, but I had to bring him on again. So joining me again is my former teammate from York High School Special Olympics, Luke Cunningham. Thanks for joining, Luke. No problem, Billy. All right, so first, we're going to start this off as I've already talked about it last episode, but this was pretty big. What were your thoughts on Trey Lance getting traded from San Francisco to the Dallas Cowboys in exchange for a fourth overall pick? I absolutely love it from a Dallas Cowboys perspective. I think Trey Lance is going to be a superstar. If um, Jack Prescott has more than 50 years, has the same season that he did last year, where I believe he threw 15 interceptions, which is the most that he's had he's thrown. It's in a while, at least. The second um, I the second I looked that up, I think that may sound about right, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, do you got any more thoughts before I jump in? Um, and from the the same Pacific 49ers, they yeah, Brock Purdy was good was good last year, but he was the last pick for a reason. Teams are going to figure him out heading into 2023. So jumping on this. From the San Francisco standpoint, I really think that's a bit of a suspect move by Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers. For the fact that, one, Jimmy Garoppolo was hurt, came back, then got hurt again. Trey Lance was the original starter. He only played two games. Then he gets hurt. Not his fault. Then, obviously, they had Brock Purdy, which, yeah, nice story. Small sample size, but what can he really do for, a, for like a full season? Then come postseason time, that was when everything collapsed to the point where the 49ers had no quarterbacks. So the fact that they're right, they're riding with Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold, who's who's okay, but he's no, he's no Tom Brady, he's no Aaron Rodgers, he's no Justin Fields, he's no Patrick Mahomes. Now, from a Dallas Cowboys standpoint, to the stat, I will tell you, yes, you are right. The 15 interceptions was the most Prescott has ever thrown. The season prior, he threw 10. So with the Garopp, with um Lance coming to Dallas, this may be a bit more of a wake-up call for Dak. Now, yes, Jerry Jones never completely talked about it with Dak or Mike McCarthy, but I think this may send a message of, hey, to Dak Prescott, Hey, if you had that season like that, you're gone. We're not going to bring you back. Now, can Trey Lance play? I still think he can. I think he'll be a great quarterback. Perhaps a top 50 of all time? Maybe, but that's also 
too early to judge as this will be somewhat a sophomore season, even though he played two games. So I, from the Cowboys standpoint, I do like it. And I also think this sends a message to Dak Prescott, but I really think that was very suspect by the 49er standpoint. The fact that you gave up a young quarterback who you just drafted and you gave him up way too early. That's very suspect. In my I agree. Opinion. All right. We got our next one. Actually, I got a fun list for everyone before the NFL season. And remember, Luke, the list is fluid. It's very, very fluid. All right. These. Now, my, my brain may change down the months. Okay. But. These are my top five teams prior to today for the 2023 NFL season. Ooh, baby, am I pumped. Here we go. Coming in at number five, Shazam, the Cincinnati Bengals. Why? Excuse me, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. Now, I do have the Bengals a little lower. I, I'm, I'm a little concerned about him, mainly from the O-line standpoint. But with that defense, with Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, they could go all the way for the Super Bowl. Let's be honest. Now, I know, shout out to the whole crew at the College of DuPage career newspaper. They're probably looking at it very closely, making sure where I rank the Bengals. But I have them at number five. Here we go. Coming in at number four, Shazam, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Why? They kind of made noise. They kind of made noise from last season to the postseason with Trevor Lawrence and the whole crew he's got around him. I think the Jaguars can really take a next step. Now, do I think they'll be a Super Bowl team by the end of the day? No, but I really think they could be the next team to go to the postseason. I think they could take these big steps. Jacksonville's one to watch for. All right, number three, Shazam, the Philadelphia Eagles. Why? Yes, they went to the Super Bowl. I get that, but, Jay, and I get it. Jalen Hurts is a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. That's right, I said it. But I felt like offseason was a little too quiet. Gotta see how they respond from game one right up to the postseason. We know Philadelphia is going to be in the postseason. We know that for a fact. But how are they going to respond? And I felt like offseason was a little too quiet. All right, coming in at number two, Shazam, the Buffalo Bills. Why? Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Damar Hamlin back on the defensive side of the ball. The Bills just got better and better. Josh Allen easily becoming one of the best quarterbacks to play. And I think this is the season they finally go on a deep playoff run. I think it is. All right. Number one, Shazam, the Kansas City Chiefs. Why? Excuse me, Sir Patrick Mahomes, Sir Travis Kelsey. The defense was spectacular. So was the offense. Mahomes has proven that he can win a Super Bowl without Tyreek Hill. Do I have to explain more? And there's my list. The Chiefs at number one. The Bills at number two. The Eagles at number three. 
the Jacksonville Jaguars at number four, the Cincinnati Bengals at number five. And remember, Luke, the list is fluid. Floor is yours. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. Um, I don't think I think um I think the um the Rams need to be um I mean they they made a Super Bowl two years ago and they still have Matthew Stafford and I mean over oh, yeah, mm-hmm. he's like question they're on who's arguably I mean, what about the Miami Dolphins though? With um Tua Tagova and Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. I the mean, Dolphins they, they have to be sick. That's if that's if they can be healthy. Now, if I were to do a top ten, they're on there, but you know, I really hope Tua Tagovailoa stays healthy. Yeah. But that's also the biggest question. Cause if he's down and if Tyree kills down, the Miami Dolphins are in a whole lot of trouble. Yeah, that's really the only um, point that I wanted to make. The okay. Top now, five of sound. Now, I understand the Bears made moves. I think they're postseason somewhat, but I just don't think they're there yet. I feel like the Bears are kind of taking baby steps. Like, I'm not trying to hype myself up. No. no and, no, and the one comment I'll never back off, the Minnesota Vikings. Just like the Timberwolves, just like the Wild, and just like the Twins. Bunch of frauds come postseason time. Minnesota's always the good example where they're good in the regular season, but they disappear come postseason time. Now, I'm, I smartly enough did not put the Jets because I really think the Jets are going to be the most overhyped team for 2023. I think they're either going to barely make it or just miss it. And New York, I always feel like, are one of those cities where if you don't do well, they'll run you out of the building. Just like Boston, just like Philadelphia, some uh, not so much Chicago, but mainly from the heavy East standpoint. I feel like the other New York team might be ahead of them, the Giants. What you had the chest this year just because the um like overhyping on Aaron Rodgers and everything. And, and the Giants have a solid defense and Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. I think I'll agree, but two big things that will stand out to me is can Saquon Barkley stay healthy? And can Daniel Jones take the next big steps? He took some progress this past season, but can he do it again? That's really my big thing. All right, so now that we got that completed, which NFL team do you think will surprise everyone this season? I think it's going to be the Tennessee Titans. Ooh, reason? Derrick Henry. And um, I think... um, but Tannehill's on this last year of a quarterback. Of the contract? Okay. Yeah. So he's going to be motivated to, um, to, and they have a solid defense, and their offensive line is pretty good. And, uh, I mean, Jacksonville's really the only team in the AFC South. Back in Houston's going to be terrible again this year. 
even with CJ Stroud and um, the Ohio State edge rusher they got. Um, and but yeah, Tennessee. I think they if they go nine and seven, ten and six, or ten and seven, nine and eight, they might have a shot to win that division. It would be in the race for the second wild card, I believe. Oh man. Along with the aforementioned Jets. <laughs> Ooh, man, oh man. <sighs> Most surprising team in a positive standpoint. I I have to go with the Bears. I really think they're gonna surprise some people. I mean, Justin Fields looked good. They did get DJ Moore. Um, I don't know why I'm blanking his name, but that offensive line tackle that they drafted out of Tennessee, I actually think their O-line will be better, but that's if they stay healthy. They still have a good defense. And Darnell Mooney most likely is number two because I think DJ Moore will most likely slot in as number one. I really think the Bears can surprise some people this season. Now, as I've said, they're not Super Bowl contenders at the end of the team. I'm not going to jump that far. I don't think Tennessee is either. Okay. I think Chicago will be right about playoff. Like, they'll be, like, right there. Right. I could see him winning eh, somewhere between seven to ten games. They're easily going to win more than two games. Yeah. Which is the fact. And But the biggest thing is, can everyone stay healthy? Because if everyone's healthy – I really think Chicago's going to surprise people. Yeah. Better watch out for the Bears in 2023. Now, I'm a Packer fan, that all means. <laughs> and I can't believe I'm admitting it. Oh, the little steak knife towards my heart. But it's it's the truth. I'm, I'm speaking the facts. I'm not being a biased. I'm not being a, a homer. It's just the facts. Yeah. Um, now, speaking of surprise, is there a team you think that will disappoint people? Like that... People maybe thought that would be good, but probably will not exceed to that expectation. Okay, your answer you, the Jets. I'm with you. Just because Aaron Rodgers, um, yeah, he's won four MVPs, but all those like all those like he spent his whole career in Green Bay, where everything was built to his his what he wanted, the players he the personnel he wanted. And he, obviously, he's won four MVPs and a Super Bowl MVP along with that. So he's um, had success, so much success in Green Bay. Is it going to translate to New York? And not to mention the media market that is New York that spits you out if you underperform. So I know I've said this earlier that if you don't do well, New York will basically, like, run you out of the building. But, But to some other parts... I think you made a good point. Rodgers basically played his entire career in Green Bay. How many more years does he really have left in the NFL? Now, I think he's he's like a top 10 greatest quarterback of all time. I I may have to rethink that list somewhere down the line, but I have him right, right with Tom Brady and Joe Montana. But as you said, four MVPs, only one Super Bowl to show. And can he really bring the greatness that he had in Green Bay to New York? Let's go to a different division. 
He's going to, like I said, a city that is very, I don't know what's the right word, like amped or they're very like spot eye when it comes to players, depending on who's performing and who's not performing well. And yeah, he wanted like Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard with him in New York. So besides the whole New York may run you out of the building, the thing I do have to side with you is he's done well in Green Bay. Can he basically have the great Green Bay Aaron Rodgers? Can he translate that to New York? Yes, and also along with Alan Lazard and the other Green Bay players he brought over. Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb, um, yes. How are they going to perform in New York as well? And also, how will the offense do? Because the Jets do seem to have a good defense, but if the offense doesn't do great and, and like, tears down the defense, then they're in trouble. Yes, and coming after the fact that Brees Hall tore his ACL and basically missed all of last season, after winning rookie of the year, the year prior, how is he going to bounce back? Exactly. One step at a time. And now into the NBA. So, there was a hot mic galore going on. James Harden calls out Daryl Mooney. Or Daryl Morey, I'm sorry. James Harden calls Daryl Morney a liar after the 76ers and their trade discussion talks. This was part of his quote. Daryl Morey is a liar. I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. And he repeated it in a statement like twice. As Harden's clearly frustrated with the 76ers president two days after they reportedly broke off trade talks. Now remember, James Harden got trade out of Houston 2020 and then Brooklyn in 2022. All right, Luke, what do you think? Um, I think James Harden is um, just being a total diva and um, not really understanding that this is this situation can make or break the rest of his career as he can be labeled a well, he's going to be labeled a um, uh, team, team, like team destroyer, like he breaks team destroyer, like he breaks their chemistry up, and then also like a quitter, like he just gives up on his team. Oh, you don't have a chance for me to win here, like in Houston when they trade, when they got rid of Chris Paul and um, basically put it ran into the Warriors, all those Western Commons finals. He was like, I'm out of here. I'm going to Brooklyn with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. They got all injured. That didn't work out. Then he goes to Philly. And so, like, he's just hopping around too much. Not really building his credibility there. I I really think James Harden looks like an absolute fool for saying this. And as you pointed out, this could be a make or break it. Now, James Harden, during his days with Houston, was a consistent MVP front runner. But after that, the injuries piled up. Obviously, he goes to Brooklyn with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, which that duo became the most overrated duo or one of the most overrated in NBA history. Let's be honest. Those three were hurt. Then... 
And then he kind of has the like, like, I want to control it. I'll do whatever I want. Forget the people up front or the head coach. Like, I'll choose my head coach. I'll choose who I want or the players I want. Now, in some cases, sure, it may work, but in some cases, it will not work. It also comes to like the basketball part of it where um, James Harden had to totally reinvent his game from Houston to Brooklyn. And then to Philly. And then to Philly. What's the next? You don't know. Are you getting the 35-point-per-game version of James Harden? No, you're probably getting a 20-10 and 10 version of James Harden. Pretty is that gonna be? Is that gonna fit what your team is expecting? I mean, pretty much. And also, are you willing to deal with like part of the divaness that James Harden sometimes gives out, like him calling out Daryl Mooney a liar? Easiestly the greatest example. But with Harden, he's never quite seemed to show up because when the 76ers were eliminated in Boston, James Harden disappeared. Never really showed up. Now, do you really want to, for, if you're an NBA team, and if you see that from Harden, will that give you a sign of, James Harden, I want him. Or does this give you a sign of, wait a minute, I've I've seen what he's done the postseason and the regular season. Am I going to get a consistent, as you point out, a 35-point James Harden or just a 20-point, who probably barely shows up in the postseason? Yeah, you're right, and also um, the fact that um, Daryl Moore's always been the one to build these great Viking with season teams around James Harden, and the fact that he's not only calling him out, but um, the fact he's his teams are always pointed out in the postseason, largely and largely because of him, James Harden yeah. not playing, not performing well as in that game seven, he shot horrible and. Quote unquote, didn't show up after the game at all. I have to agree. All right. Okay, now we're going to go to MOB. So, the biggest news that has happened in baseball this week now for Luke and I, the Chicago White Sox have hired Chris Getz to be their next general manager. All right, Luke, sir. <laughs> Floor is yours for this part before I jump in. Um, what, the, what are we doing as White Sox fans, as White Sox ownership? What are we doing? We're just giving a giant middle finger to our fans and our supporters. Um, just, I mean, the only homegrown talent is, is that Chris Gass is really developed like from when he first started is Tim Anderson. That's it. And maybe mm, Luis Robert Jr. Mm, Luis Robert Jr. Because Tim Jr. Anderson was before Chris Getz. Now I was I was on a White Sox podcast before and part of the thing I said about Getz was if it was for the rest of the season, fine, whatever. I would have been okay with it. But long term, I'm honestly a 50-50. I'll give him a shot, but I guess without trying to make it sound too crazy, part of me wishes that they would have just gone outside the box. Like, does it hurt to try that at least once? Because, listen, we're in 2023. 
This is in the 1980s. This is in the 1990s. We're for darn sure not in the early 2000s. We're not even in the 1970s. We're in 2023. Now, rumors are still that Dane Moore is going to be hired, which I do have some high hopes because he was with the Rangers when they were really good in the early 2010s. So that somehow gives me some hope. Now, for Getz, as much as I wasn't thrilled at first with the whole stay with the home brand, definitely would not have been my first choice. I'll say that. But at the same time, I'll give him a shot. I honestly don't think we should like shoot him down to the ground like right off the bat. Let's see what moves he makes before we can actually judge how he'll really be. Yeah, I mean, the offseason is... Um... You know, optimism among all baseball fans, so we should at least give him the see what moves they make in the offseason. We visit this and 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 spring training and see, and maybe the mood among White Sox fans will be maybe different. different. Now, former White Sox catcher AJ Perzinski really had a good point. Hasn't had Chris Getz hasn't had too many develops as of yet of where you draft him out of high school. Now, yes, he's developed Luis Robert Jr., and he's easily the team MVP, and I believe he's still top five in AL MVP last time I checked. So credit where credit is due. And a couple prospects I'm still hopeful that will turn out good are Noah Schultz, left-handed pitcher that we just drafted last year. And if my math is correct, Colson Gumry, shortstop that we drafted back in 2021 or 2020. No, 2021, because we drafted Crochet in 2020. Garrett Crochet, I still have some hopeful for. Now, I understand he's been hurt, but still willing to give him some shots. So, in the overall, would Chris Getz have been my first choice as White Sox general manager? Probably not. I think it would have been James Click or Mike Rizzo, who, which rumors I've heard were he's expected to re-sign with the Washington Nationals. So darn, but to be fair, I think we should give Chris Getz a shot because who knows? He could be better general manager than Rick Connor, Kenny Williams. I mean, that's not, that's not a very high bar to clear. No, but, and I guess just shouldn't like shoot it down right away. Like let's give him at least a shot. Yeah. Who knows what he can do this off season. We'll just wait and see. But if I'm being honest, wouldn't have been my first choice, but I'm but I'll welcome him with open arms and give him a shot. At least that's fine. Or at least let's say maybe after three years. I I don't know if we can really judge a general manager after like one year. Okay. Kind of like with Pedro Griffal, how people were saying, like, oh, Pedro's a bad manager. Pump the brakes, people. It's only been one year. Sure. Give the man a chance in 2024. He could probably surprise us. I hope he doesn't become a Robin Ventura 2.0, but we don't know. I just hope we make moves this offseason. That's all I hope for. And the biggest thing I honestly hope I'm still hopeful for is the White Sox is can we at least be better? I get it last year wasn't great. We definitely got off to a horrendous start in the month of April, but can we at least be better? More postseason wins, more World Series. That's all I ask for. And now we're going to go to the NHL, last but not least. 
So there are still some free agents that that have not been signed yet. So, Luke, I know you and I listed some teams that we think they've signed. So we're not going to explain too much. We're not going to take forever on this. We're just going to simply name the teams or where or if we think the player will retire or sign in Europe, one way or another. Okay, so the first free agent, three-time Stanley Cup champion Patrick Kane. I think he's going to retire with the Rangers. I think he'll stay in New York, but go to the Buffalo Sabres, his hometown team. Next up, Josh Bailey. I think he's going to um, sign with the Islanders, stay with the Islanders. I think he'll sign a one-year cheap deal with Arizona and then get traded at the deadline. Next up is defenseman Jake Garner. Red Wings, why not? Why can't they have eight? They, they already have seven good defensemen. Why not eight? I actually think he'll retire. It's been two years since he's last played due to a critical back injury. But if he does try come back to the NHL, I think he'll sign with Toronto on a one-year deal. Yeah, right where it all began. He could retire or he could go to Toronto. I can see both. Next up is Jesse Pulgiarvi. I'm sorry if I butchered that name wrong. Um, I think he's going to stay with the Hurricanes. I actually think he'll go to Europe. I don't think an NHL team will sign him, but if the if an NHL team, NHL team, sorry, does give him a chance, I think it'll be the Anaheim Ducks. Next up is Maxime Comtois. I think he'll actually go to the Anaheim Ducks. I think he'll sign with the Calgary Flames. They do need more younger skaters, and Comtois still a young skater. The Ducks need young players, too. They're rebuilding. So the Flames will also be collapsing at some point, as the reports of uh, Elias Lindholm, Noah Hannafan not wanting to resign. Next up, Phil Kessel, the cookie monster. I think he's going to resign with Vegas. <coughs> Excuse me. I think he's going to resign with Vegas. I think he'll sign with the Chicago Blackhawks on a one-year deal. That'll be really cool, and I think they'll flip him at the deadline. Next up, Thomas Tatar. Um, I think he will sign with the Devils. I don't, I don't know why. I think Thomas Tatar in a Boston Bruins uniform somehow makes sense to me, in my opinion. Next up, Zach Parise. Oh, I think he's going to sign with, he's going to resign with the New York Islanders. I believe he will sign, he'll either sign with the Minnesota Wild and retire as a member of them or just simply retire from the NHL. Next up, Nick Ritchie. I think he's going I think he will sign with the Edmonton Oilers. I don't know why. I can just see it. Um, for Tyler Mott, I think he's going to go to the Rangers. I have to side with you there, too. I think he'll re-sign with the New York Rangers. Next up, Zach Aston Reese. Toronto Maple Leafs. 
I think he'll go to the Philadelphia Flyers. I could just see it somehow. Next up, Dayton Heinen. Boston is going to be his, his, his Boston is going to be where he played 2024. I think he'll go to Boston too. He'll definitely give Boston a bit more center depth since they just lost Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci to retirement. Yes. All right, so that is all for today. Had a lot of NFL talk prior to the season, which starts next Thursday. First game is against the Kansas City Chiefs or the Detroit Lions. Quick talk, Luke. What do you think is going to win next Thursday between the Chiefs or the Lions? No, no. Chiefs, not the Lions. Give me the Chiefs. Sir Patrick Mahomes is going to ball out all day, every day. Um, We gave our thoughts on some noticeable NHL free agents and where we think they'll sign. NBA, we talked about James Harden calling out Daryl Morey. Let us know your thoughts on that. And Major League Baseball, Chris Getz being hired as a member of the Chicago White Sox. So that is all. Luke, thank you for joining. Thank you. All right, that is all. Thank you for tuning in to episode number 120 of Bill Man, the Sport Guys podcast. I am your host, Bill Man. Stay tuned for episode number 121. Peace. It's no changes in attitudes, changes in attitudes, nothing remains quite the same. All of our running and all of our cunning, if we couldn't laugh, we would all go insane. Reading departure signs in some big airport reminds me of the places I've been. Visions of good times that brought so much pleasure Makes me want to go back again If it suddenly ended tomorrow I could somehow adjust to the ball The times in witches and son of a bitches I've seen more than I can recall These changes in latitudes, changes in attitudes Nothing remains quite the same through all of the islands and all of the highlands, if we couldn't laugh.